Okay, hi everybody. Another episode of On Purpose right now. I'm Dr. John Duffy and with me is the queen of all media, <laughs> <laughs> Heidi Stevens from the Chicago Tribune. Wait, and hang on, my crown is yeah, tilted. Yeah, right, really, I was going to point that out. <laughs> so in the last two weeks, we've, it's been two weeks since we've been here. Yeah, we took last week off. So I'm thinking like, you know, oh, Heidi's very committed to the podcast. This is the thing. This is the most important thing. It, and well, then that, that part's true. But then, then I see on TV, oh. <laughs> I see you at the auto show and you're on the radio. I uh-huh. see that you might write a column for one of the papers here. Yeah, right, right, right. You the Sun-Times. Or no, no, the, the Tribune. The Tribune. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I feel like there's more. There's, I'm missing something. There might be. And now you're speaking somewhere this afternoon. <laughs> well, you know, you never know when one gig is going to come to like a grinding halt. You got to have some side hustles just in case the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know if you've heard about the newspaper industry. It's not healthiest. Oh, it's thriving. Are you kidding? <laughs> We've all got the paper. Everyone, we're still going to get the paper, the <laughs> apron of the driveway in the morning. Right. People still train their dog to bring them the paper, right? <laughs> is that still a thing? Yeah. I put on my slippers. So is there's that like a, a whole the... generation of dogs that's like, newspaper, what? <laughs> I can't get this iPad and bring this to you. <laughs> You're I right, brought dogs. you your tablet. Dogs have lost some of their utility. I think so. That, yeah, I, I don't know why you'd even have one now. There. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like dogs must look at old comic strips of them, like, bringing newspapers in and being like, what is that thing in their mouth? <laughs> and then what? they must be thinking, why does anybody have one of us anymore? Right? <laughs> what are we doing for these people? I guess I'll bring you your slippers. Is that still a thing? <laughs> you can wear slippers while you scroll through Facebook. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, this is going down a depressing road. It Let's is. Let's talk about not my job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Even though... But, I, I, your job is you're doing beautifully, oh, obviously, you. and you're you're. We want to talk about one of your, your columns, yes. your recent column. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, so, you wrote recently about um, Rush Limbaugh, one of your favorites. Oh, I love him. Yes. Yeah, I'm so glad he got that medal. <laughs> well, he deserved it. I mean, really, it's for the valor overdue. and you the know. valor for sure. That was the first. That's actually the first word that pops in my head when I see him is valor. I just appreciate how he's put his life on the line for us. Right. You know, that too. It's really I impressive. Know. I yeah. know. <laughs> and he had some um, words to say about one of the Democratic presidential candidates who right. happens to be gay and married. Right. Yeah. He's um, he's, I think, kind of gleefully um, imagining uh, Buttigieg as the Democratic nominee and how Trump will um, just have a field day with his Buttigieg's gay marriage and the fact that he kisses his husband on stage. Right. And uh, so, yeah, he was talking about that on his radio show the other day. I don't listen to his radio show. I just read the transcripts and saw the, you know, media coverage of this conversation he launched on his radio show. Just saying that, you know, it's hard to imagine or or, or he likes to imagine, actually, um, you know, Mr. Man Trump. Um, that's what he called him, right? Yeah. I mean, this Mr. felt like Man. somebody, something that was... 40 years old, yeah. the way we, the way he was talking. Right. Didn't, I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to believe his average listener is on the older side. So maybe they're pining for the days of 40 years ago norms. And I think you're right. Although I will tell you that there is a, a, a Joe Rogan bro contingent yeah. that is now kind of starting to listen to the likes of, 
of Rush as well. Okay. Yeah, who who are 19. So you're just determined to depress me today. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am going out of my way no. again to do that. Sorry. <laughs> no, information information is good. Um, okay, so anyway, that was uh, his, you know, he's saying it's going to be kind of fun to watch Mr. Man, Donald Trump, um, beat up the gay yeah. little sissy right. uh, Pete Buttigieg about his gay marriage and kissing a man. Yeah. yeah kissing and, a boy. On, yeah, right. Right. In, in and the locker like, room. is America ready for this, you know, gay couple that kisses each other on stage? And <laughs> interestingly enough, just sort of coincidental timing wise, um, Stephanie Kuntz, the social scientist, marriage historian, had written this piece in Sunday, Sunday's New York Times? Yes, Sunday's New York Times, comparing some recent research that looks at the stability and satisfaction levels in gay marriages versus heterosexual marriages. Now, the interesting thing about that, there's a hundred interesting things, but one of them is that we're only just now seeing research into stability and satisfaction rates of gay marriage because it hasn't been legal right. for all that long. We don't have decades and decades of research into it. There's not it. one longitudinal study because there can't be. Exactly. Yeah. We have all kinds of research into heterosexual marriages. Yeah. And now we're finally starting to see, you know, some data points yeah. on what works, what doesn't um, within gay and lesbian marriages. So what a lot of this research found was that um, gay marriages are, <clears throat> statistically speaking, some of the happiest around. In fact, when uh, she looked at this one study um, that asked um, for like asked for psychological distress levels among married people, women married to men had the highest rate of psychological distress and yeah. strain within their marriages. Men married to men had the lowest rates of stress and yeah. uh, distress and strain. Um, and, and so she, you know, she wove in some history and context and, and discovered, you know, what's behind those, those numbers. And I just thought it was really so interesting. I ended up emailing her because I've interviewed her a couple times in the past. And I was like, will you talk to me a little bit more about this research and your analysis of it? And so so she did. And so then I wrote about that yesterday. And um, I just thought there were so many cool takeaways for any relationship that you're in, gay, straight, married, dating. Um, the first of which, to me, that really stood out was how they these studies found that gay couples tend to bring a lot more empathy and humor and kindness even to their conflicts they yeah. do a lot less lecturing and judging and shaming um they uh treat each other a little bit more like best friends than um, these crazy opposites like men are from Mars, women are from Venus right. approaches that a lot of us bring to our marriage because of decades upon decades of socialization. Yeah. Ball and um, chain ideas, things right. like that. Yeah. Right. Or like, oh, men are idiots. They're like, yeah. you know, you get, you get it obviously from both sides. Right. Um, 
And I thought like that paragraph alone, I was like, wow, okay, this is this is a nugget I can now use in my own life and Seriously. in my parenting and all the things. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it, it's really fascinating. And I wonder. So reading that and I, I love that you cited that because I read that on Sunday and um, her column I love it when I read something and I'm like, man, I never thought about this before. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was one of those columns where I was like, it kind of it messed with my mind a little bit because I had to think like, why would that be? Yeah. And um, and I'm not sure I know, but, you know, I have a couple of things noodling around in my head. And one of them is I wonder if it's just that if part of it is. Uh, I, I, part of it is gender, I'm sure, that, you know, like there isn't that kind of stereotyping and th- this kind of deep – these deep ruts of socialization, right, right. That, we're, that we're stuck with. Was, Women do child care and laundry. Men do lawn care and yeah. car maintenance. Or, right. Yeah, right, right, like right, the yeah. sort of the stereotypes, yeah. right? You, right? You don't have those when both partners are female or both partners are male. It's well, like, I was well, wondering, crap, like, we both mow the lawn? Or, yes. Like, right? Well, you, I was wondering, like, you know, like, I, I, and I thought about reaching out to a gay friend of mine, like, and asking, like, Dan, like, who, who mows who, the lawn? Who mows, like, how do you decide, you know, because, because there what is no. What if Dan lives in a condo and there's no lawn? Dan does live in a condo. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Probably why I didn't make the call. <laughs> okay, sorry, anyway. But no, I mean, that's part of it is, like, you know, it, might be kind of fun, I would imagine, working with a new template where you're yes. like, okay, this is – we get to do this, first of all. How great is that, right? right? Totally. Whereas I don't think men and women have to um, – we have the luxury of not celebrating the fact that we can get married. You right. know what I mean? Like we just – this has always been true for always us. Always been you know, available for, for to us. For straight men and women. Yep. Uh, for gay men and women, I think it's kind of exciting like – we didn't know we'd ever be able to even do this. Yeah. How great is that? Now we you have know? equal rights. Yeah. 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 So there's this, I, I would imagine there's something celebratory about it. And um, and maybe that changes the way they look at the division of labor and the um, arguments and things like that. Maybe that becomes secondary because there's this celebration. But I feel like that's a little reductive and dismissive of gay marriage. You know what I mean? Well, I it- it i don't i wouldn't call it reductive and dismissive but i but i think that it might that feeling of wow we've been you know finally led into an institution that was not available to us for so long yay i think that might fade pretty quickly when you get to the real work of dividing labor right. and relating to this person day in and day out that you now have committed your life to right like that you think at some point right that that the whatever Whatever angsty shit that happens between yeah. men and women would eventually befall men and men and women and women. Right, yeah. exactly. But I do like I, one thing that I always like when that you talk about when we're talking about Me Too or all sorts of topics is like it, training your brain to not look at this stuff as like a loss or a deficit or something you've had to give up that you used to have and more of like an opportunity like, oh, look at this cool new way we can do things. Right. And I think that was something I took away from her New York Times piece and our interview and the data, once I found some of it and read it, was like um, how freeing and liberating and fulfilling for both men and women to be able to be like, 
be a guy and be like, you know what? I hate cars. I don't want to be the one who takes it to get the oil changed. Or like mowing the lawn is lame and, you know, I'm allergic to grass. Right. And for a woman to be like, I actually love pushing a lawnmower. Like, it, you know, and so I'm going to do that. Right. Or like, let's both equally take care of the kid. Like the kid belongs to both of us. We love the kid the same. You know, let's not fall into the pattern that our parents had or that our neighbors have. Or like, let's let's go ahead and make this thing ours and let some of the stereotypes and expectations and norms fall away because actually there's a bunch of data that shows if we do that, we're going to be happier. Seriously, right? I mean, let's borrow some of the good stuff, right? That that seems to be working here. And especially, like, I I was struck by the whole friendship idea, right? This idea that, like, you know, and I can picture that, like, in, in, in gay marriages. And I think sometimes in straight marriages, we dismiss that. And I work with so many couples who... You can tell, like, there is this deep kind of abiding love that is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And yet what's expressed is something really different, right? You know, mm-hmm. so they and, – and there's no time or attention spent on, like, just nurturing that relationship. And yeah. so it's kind of like it's all vitriolic and almost all their interactions become negative, yeah. you know? And then they just resent each other. Yep. And – can you can you imagine like how awful a way to live life? I, I, I can't imagine. I'm sorry. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know if you remember my first I, marriage. I didn't know you then, <laughs> but I've talked about it. <laughs> if I could rewind, uh, Scott. <laughs> Scott, there's a lot of editing to do here. No, please don't edit that. We out. will not edit no. that. No. <laughs> no, I can't imagine, and I think that um, <laughs> I think that I'm going to take the charitable approach, which um, is also the true one, which is that so much of that is is a product of our socialization. It's not like, oh, well, you know, you just picked a lousy person to marry or you just became an asshole in your marriage. I I think that, you know, like like Stephanie Kuntz during our interview said, you know, I'm a lot more forgiving and patient with mansplainers than a lot of my friends are. She said, because I've studied how men have been socialized for 200 years and the way they've been taught to show love and affection is to explain things. Right. To provide and to protect. Yes. They don't that that doesn't you don't switch that off overnight. Right. Right. No. I mean, and I, women have been trained to show love and affection by listening and learning and sort of following orders. Right. Yep. Being sort of ple- people pleasy. Yeah. And so as much as we can look at that now and go like, that's a bunch of baloney, like, who, you know, you can't right. be a full human. And why does one person explain and the other person listens? But like, yes. However, that's fairly new thinking. It is. It is. And we still probably really practice in the same way. Yeah. Right. You know, and I love the idea of loosening up gender norms and like, you know, playing with that and like, you know, hey, whatever, you know, if, if they're if you're drawn to cutting the grass, like go for it. it. And, you know, like, and yeah, let's split, let's split the labor with the kids and, and let's do this the way we want to do this. The way we want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm thinking now about an interview I did with Laura Vanderkam, who's this time use expert. And I love a point she made about like, I don't think she talked about mowing the lawn specifically, but I'm going to right now. Um, The idea that if there's something in your house that neither of you 
wants to do that you actually both actively like loathe. Like I just we both hate cooking or like laundry is just this, you know, the bane of our existence. Hire it out. Yeah, for sure. Like, don't go like, well, my mom didn't need to hire out blah, blah, blah. Or none of the neighbors seem to have lawn care. You know, Roger's out there mowing the lawn. Yep. Like, why can't you do that? Why can't you do that? So, like, look honestly at what at your list of things in front of you and be like, we both hate that. Like that one we're going to hire out. And she was like, I know that costs money, but like, you know, think about what you value then. Maybe you don't have cable anymore because it's more important to you that somebody comes in and does your laundry twice a week. Yep. Or you set aside your tax return every year for, you know, this amount of help. Or like whatever you're, you know, we no longer do Starbucks because we've added it up and actually we could hire, you know, a cook to come in on Sunday. Like whatever it is. Um, and I'll, I'll throw, but, can I add one thing to that? Yeah. Um, Years ago, I was working with a couple, and they they were arguing about this kind of thing, and and I suggested they hire out a few things and and get somebody in to clean their house, and the expense that they were able to eliminate was me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, seriously, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of expensive, you know. Right. Like, and and so, um, you know, not that I I don't think like every couple can benefit from therapy because I think we all can, but sometimes that's like a big thing to cut out, you right. know, like, and you free up some, you know, like some money every month to so, right. hire stuff out. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you freed up, you know, by spending a little of that money, you free up time and you free up resent, you know, you get rid of, yeah. I think, some resentments about like, why aren't you pulling your weight or why do I always get stuck doing the thing that I hate doing? And, and you're scorekeeping you're and, score you're, and it's impossible, right? right? You can't do it. It doesn't work. Everyone gets resentful and says, and, and starts talking about everything they're doing and it becomes an exercise in futility and annoyance and it, it just and it deteriorates a relationship yeah. unnecessarily. And I don't think it's fair to assume that only happens in heterosexual marriages, but I think what this data was pointing to is that those expectations and resentments aren't baked in just based on each partner's gender, right? Right. Um, you come in and and you're sort of like, well, who does the, you know, laundry? Both of us. We were both doing our laundry before we got married, you know? Yeah. Um, so. It's kind of fun to think about in a way, right? Like to think about a, a, a gay marriage, men or women, and to think like, how do you decide, you know, when, when it's not kind of obvious and can born into you? Who does? Who's going to do laundry? Right. You know, like one of us has to, or maybe we both should. Or we both should. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Ideally, you know, um, you know, all couples would divide the boring stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and right. the important stuff <laughs> and all the stuff pretty equally. Right. Um, and then another part that was interesting was this University of Texas sociologist whose work Stephanie cited. I ended up calling her because she... Um, looks less at like housework and childcare and the division of housework and childcare and more the emotional caretaking that happens in a relationship. And what she found was that statistics. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you okay? I think, well, I think we you, all know where we're going here. Do you need a minute? <laughs> I'm not going to be mean. Scott, I'm being... you can just say this part yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being charitable. Go ahead, please. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought this was fascinating. She said that Women, this part won't surprise anyone, but no. women tend to be the emotional 
temperature takers Mm -hmm. of their partners, of the marriage, the ones who are more preemptively like, hey, are you doing okay? How was your day? Do we need to talk? Do you you look a little, is something on your mind? Um, That's a, a, a feminine trait. No doubt. And... I'm speaking statistically. Mm-hmm. And that is true. She found when women are married to men and when women are married to women. So it's either both partners are doing it if it's two women. Yep. Or one partner's doing it if it's a woman married to a man. Right. Now, when men are married to men, there's just less of it going on. There's just less emotional temperature taking going on. There's like, if you need something and you come to me, I will meet your needs and I will be your safe place to land. And But we're not going to be talking about how we but feel But we're not going to preemptively much. as much as women do. Now, this is, again, statistically speaking, I'm not going on stereotypes here. I'm, this is what the studies and the countless interviews with couples showed. Um, it, makes, that, it rings. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That men are not, not absent for their partners. They're not like brushing off mm. their needs or emotions, but just not preemptively actively asking like are you doing okay right. um more like come to me with something and i'll help you yeah. um but it's if you like don't come to me i'm not thing right yeah. you know like like i'll active service kind of thing like i'll if you ask me to do something i probably will do it you right. know to make it because i want you to be happy yeah right but i might not ask you how you are exactly yeah so she said, you know, there's not it's not really like one style's good and one's bad or one's healthy and one's unhealthy. It's just that when it becomes a source of conflict is when you have two partners with really different styles. Right. Like one is like, look, I always look out for how you're feeling and ask you how you're feeling and bring up tough stuff and bring up, you know, ways to make you and like you don't do it for me. Right. And it tends to be that in marriages where a woman's married to a woman, they're both doing it for each other. Yeah. And when it's a man married to a man, neither of them's doing it so much, much for all. the other. Right. But when it's a woman married to a man, statistically, it's the woman doing it for the man and the man just like, wow, this feels great. Like she's always <laughs> looking out for me and I in tune with what I feel. I feel taken care of. And the woman's going around like, I wonder if you ever wanted to check in with <laughs> me or no? Well not and and practically I'll say that I don't even know, in my experience, sometimes um, I don't even know if men are, like, really grateful to have the temperature taken. Mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes it, they're annoyed by right. that. Like, right, like, I would tell you if something was wrong. Yeah. Do you need to keep asking? And and it, conversely, like, you know, why are you so mad at me? You know, uh-huh. like, you know, what did I do wrong? I've been, you know, I've been working all day. Right, and, you I know, mowed the lawn. Yeah, I mowed yeah. the lawn. Are you kidding? What are you? <laughs> <laughs> Took the car to get the oil change. What more do you want? <laughs> um, so this is, this is an area where um, I, I think balance is so important here because – I, I think a year ago, I would have said, everybody needs to be way more emotionally astute, especially men, mm. for sure, and, and and speak a more emotional language. I, I think, by and large, that's pretty true. Um, every once in a while, I'll work with a couple where I'm like, will you guys quit talking about how you're yeah. feeling? Just live your lives. <laughs> <laughs> too much feelings talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and then maybe you can find some satisfaction in some other area and maybe we can right. pull this. You know, it'll drag the emotional part into maybe something happier. Yeah. or Anything. Go to the auto work. show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think this is going to come back to what we always 
come back to is like just communicate it, right? Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds like I'm making it sound easier than it is or easier said than done, right? Just communicate. Sometimes the relationship has gotten so toxic or just so you're just such strangers that it seems utterly unimaginable to just go ahead and tell the other person your needs. I mean, I yeah, I get that. For sure. I totally get that. I've lived that. But if you can do this with your partner, I think it's I think it's so valuable to say like, you know what? Um I don't think that you do this to hurt me. I don't think I I I think, you know, you might not even be aware you're doing this, but like I check in with you a lot and see how you're doing and I I wish you would do it back. Like I, it just would make me feel good if you would sometimes, even if it doesn't look like anything's wrong with me, just check in and ask. Um, something like that. Where Because I think a lot of times the partner would be like, oh, like truly didn't know you needed that. Yep. Um, or the partner might say like, you know what? You ask me a little too much. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You can back um, off that a little yeah, bit. That'd you be great. You don't have to check in with me every couple hours or like, I'll tell you if something's wrong. But just to have those conversations, right? Uh, yes. And, and I like your tone about it because it suggests like this doesn't require some radical change, right? You know, that might just be like, Checking in once in a while, like, mm-hmm. you know, and pay attention to what your partner says. If they say, but I'd love for you to check in with me once in a while, do that. Like yeah. th- I-, I work with so many people who kind of begrudgingly won't do the little thing they're asked to do. You yeah. know, like I usually ask couples, like, do you have a little ask for each other? Like, you know, like that would make your life feel way better. Yeah. You know, and and usually they people do. You yeah. know, and it's as simple as, you know, like, yeah, just check in with me. I want right. I, or let's spend five minutes before you're off in the morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's little things that that can carry a relationship. You know, yep. I, I think relationships need some water, not gallons. You know what right. I mean? I, I, and, and they can be fine. But if they're neglected altogether and it feels like an active neglect, you know what I mean? Kind of yeah. like, I think I told you what I needed here and right. you're not you're not moving at all. You know what I mean? Like then, then resentment sets in, you know? Totally. So I, I, I like the idea of like, just speaking what you need, like, um, and not overstating that case, but also receive that. You know what I mean? Like, I think too too often men and women receive it as like criticism, like you know, oh, I'm not good enough, and you know, you're you're not happy with me. So yeah. I, I, everything I do, and you're not happy with where I where or, we are. Or like, <laughs> I think there's a this is a a human tendency, I think, to quickly wreck your brain for like the time you did that, and be like, whoa, whoa. How about the time I yeah. asked how you were doing when you got home from drinks with Jenny? Yeah. It's like when, when your dad died, I, I, I asked if you were okay. Right. Like you go into like, you know, you're on the stand and you're being prosecuted and like, here's your defense. It's like, right. I didn't, I wasn't. Yeah. So like, it's not a trial for sure. Right. It's just a marriage conversation. Um, but I think that is a little bit of a human reflex, right? Like I yes. do that. I did that, blah, blah, I did that three weeks ago. It's like, okay, um, and I loved that when you did that three weeks ago. So, like, more of that maybe, yeah, yep, right? Yep, like, yep. it doesn't, it's not like you've never, and it, you know. It's such a good cue, Heidi. If you're mining for evidence, this is uh, when you're working with couples, man, and you feel like, um, as a therapist, if you feel like, you know, I should have a gavel. Like, right. like <laughs> I need a robe and a gavel. That, that, then something, you know. You and should just and, start playing your guitar. Right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's his guitar music. I actually like this idea. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going into the archives and you're looking for, you know, like building a case yep. that, you know, I'm already giving you what you want. Right. You're wrong. Right. You know, you're, <laughs> Here's the evidence. <laughs> you're getting everything you need and you're perfectly happy. Trust me. <laughs> So let's just move on. Expert witness, me. She's happy. It's perfect. Okay, we've heard from the expert witness. Judge? <laughs> That's your guitar. Right, right, right. And, and, and it suggests that somebody has to win. You know what I mean? Like, right. And you, do, you feel that a yes. lot. And where in my seat, I feel that a lot. Like, you know, um, I've had... More men than women come in, but women too say, "I'm going to win therapy today." Mm. You know, and that. <laughs> and we've talked about this. I think we might have stumbled on yeah, this. Yeah, because that, like, marriage is one of those things. Relationships are one of those things where if somebody won, somebody lost. Yeah, and then kind of nobody won. Of course. Yeah. Of course, you both lose. You know, like it, it and and the relationship does suffer over time. You're right about that. And it's sometimes, more often than not, it's really unnecessary. Um, and then on on a slightly different note, um, if, if it does become really, really hard, you know, I, I think it's okay to talk about like, is this what we want? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, so I'm, I'm thinking of a couple couples I'm working with now who, if they were listening to us, would be like, yeah, but we're, neither of us is happy. Like yeah. you know, and we're and we're trying to take those steps, and and we can't find that space. Mm-hmm. And you've been in this space, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and and in other relationships, I've been in this space too. And at some point, I think it's okay to say, I I want to be happy. I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. So we should probably liberate each other yep. from this because yep. this is this is not going to work out. And maybe even if we're parents, mm-hmm. which some of the people I'm working with are, you know. Maybe our best call here is we're going to co-parent, like, yep. and that's that's going to be our thing, and that's yep. that's going to be the nature of our relationship. Two different roofs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's okay too. Yeah. That oh, hundred percent. A little bit of a left turn, but you know, just it just reminds me of a few things I'm dealing with, you know, in in the current that feels like relevant, you know, because I can yep. imagine listening and thinking like, mm, I think we're past that. The word I come back to in my mind a lot is peace, and if you think that your life would be more peaceful and your partner's life would be more peaceful if the relationship ended that's a, you know that's a path at least in your brain worth going down um and and exploring as an option because i think that um you know we deserve to have some inner peace in our lives and you know and ideally you you know get to a place where you have that within your current marriage but if if that just seems impossible you know I don't I don't think people should assign themselves to a life with no inner peace I love that I love that as a guidepost um, for an intact marriage that needs some work or you know a relationship that feels like it's over in that way you know Um, what what a great gift to think about your partner and think like, I want him or her to feel inner peace. Mm-hmm. And, and and I know that I've got a better shot at that mm-hmm. if they have that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's going to be my book. 
Inner no. Peace. No, it's not. Heidi on Inner Peace. Oh, man, that'd be, yeah, I don't think that should be your book. No, I don't either. I'm going to write it my hair. Speaking of peace. Um, we've talked for a half hour. We've talked for a half hour. I think we've done pretty well, yeah? Yeah. That, no, that was good. I think it was good. <laughs> Dude, so we, last time we talked, we kind of, I think I threw something out about, like, do we have a final note? Do oh, we have right. a punchline, a final yeah, thought? Yeah, they had a word. What yeah. was it? It was something like that. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Takeaway? Yeah. We, sh- we should be listening to do you listen? I don't listen to our podcast. I do. Oh, I do too. But that, <laughs> <laughs> but that was like three weeks ago. Um, so my okay, my takeaway, my final word, um, my linear thought of the day. <laughs> <laughs> linear thought of the day is in a curvilinear world. To, right. Yes. Try to blow up your uh, like. The parts of your relationship where you're where they're driven by gender expectations, right? So, like, yeah. try to if you're do if you're doing or saying or not doing or not saying a thing just because that's not what men do or that's what men do or that's not what women do or none of my female friends have to do that. Whatever, blow that stuff up if it has anything to do with gender and let that be fun. I kind of like and that let, idea. Yeah, right? yeah, that's that's mine. I like that. Um, I suppose mine would be. Um, and boy, the, the therapist saying this is—it's going to eye roll everybody. <laughs> I, I'm going to make everybody pull over if you're in the car. Um, <laughs> but it's like if if your partner is consistently telling you something he or she needs, just listen. Yeah, listen, and you know, and 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 allow that to wash over you, and think about like what you can do to make them happy because um, defensiveness, boy, that that's so corrosive. It, and it doesn't get you. It doesn't move any needle anywhere. So mm-hmm. skip that. I hate moving the needle. I hate that phrase. I cannot get. I can't, I'm now. I, I say it every five minutes. It's evocative, though. It is. And, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't hate it. Okay. All right. Um, so I th- that's pretty good. I think okay. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Inner peace, though. The thing, the, your thing on inner peace. I stick with that. Maybe Scott should edit out my second takeaway. Inner. My takeaway is inner peace. <laughs> Scott, keep it off. (laughs) This is on purpose, you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.